Hi, I'm Sarah, and this is my daughter and my co-host, Allegra. You may know my mom from the Mom Hour. On this show, we talk about the books, shows, podcasts, and music that our family enjoys together, plus how we discover great media for kids and how we consume it. We also talk about other fun stuff like board games, tablet games, and movies. Today's episode is all about learning history through books. So we're going to be talking about historical fiction, biography. It's going to be fun. Come on, Mom. Let's get started. All right, everybody, welcome back to episode nine of Kid Literate. Today, we are going to talk about history through books and how we learn history through reading. So, Allegra, maybe we should mention that we actually missed a week of Kid Literate. We were very sad about it. Sorry. Sorry about that, everyone. This show airs every other Monday normally, and we just had um, some illness go through our house and then some travel So we're back on track and we're happy to be back with you today for episode nine and we'll be back on our regular schedule as of now. So excited to be here. Yes. All right. So the first category of learning history through books is biographies, autobiographies and memoirs. So what does that mean for kids listening? How would you describe those? They're all written about people's lives more formally, like on this day, this happened and like Memoirs are more of one experience in somebody's life, usually written by the person. Biographies are written by somebody else about a famous person. And autobiographies are written by the person. Yeah, that was a pop quiz. You did really well. So this would all be in the category of fiction or nonfiction? Nonfiction. You got it. Those are always so confusing. I think as a family, we love history and love learning history. I love reading about history. And so we thought this topic would be fun because I think there's a bunch of different ways to learn history through reading um, for little kids all the way up through adults. And also this month, February is Black History Month. And next month, March is Women's History Month. So we tend to see a lot of really cool reading opportunities come through uh, this time of year for for reading history. So do you have any autobiographies, memoirs, biographies that have stuck out in your mind that you've read? So our class is reading the Young Readers edition of I Am Malala, which is about a Pakistani girl who, when she was 15, was shot by the Taliban who had taken over her town of Swat. And then she became a women's rights and peace activist. This is really cool that you are reading that in school. And I love that they've made a young readers edition. So you're in sixth grade, Allegra. That's pretty heavy topic area. Um, Mm -hmm. I'll just throw out a couple of younger kid options for um, biography. And two series that have become really popular lately is the Who Is or Who Was. And there's also What Is or What Was series. Uh, These are, you'd find them in the early chapter book section. Um, So in terms of independent readers, I think probably second through fourth grade is probably their sweet spot. Um, But we've also done them as a read aloud. So they're short chapters, um, relatively easy to read, but historically accurate and interesting for those. I like the illustrations too. There are cool illustrations. Very cool illustrations. And you can find them on sports stars and movie stars. And so um, history, we sometimes associate it with like the founding fathers and like traditional Western European history. But the Who Was series has all kinds of individual. J.K. Rowling. Mm-hmm. Authors, yeah, popular figures that your kids might want to. But then to. it also has like Julius Caesar or other old old timey folk. <laughs> so let's yeah. talk about this because 
we're talking about learning history, but then we started with learning about a person. So how, what do you see as the, as the tie-in between learning about a person's life and learning about history? I think that with these autobiographies and biographies, it can show you what was happening at the time, but more with the autobiographies and memoirs, it shows what was their perspective, what was their view. And then the biographies just gives like a certain person's, like an example. Mm -hmm. Like you can learn about it, but you don't actually understand like how they were feeling or. Yeah, I think you hit, I think you were hitting on something there, which is a lot of us enjoy learning history through story through because we can relate to human beings. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's not the only way to learn history. It's not like in 14. Something, something. This battle is such this, and such. And such. Yes. yes. No, I have always loved learning history through reading biography. So, but I just thought it would be good to pause there and connect the two. Um, I have a couple other series or recommendations for younger kids. And one is the Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls. And there's two of those. And then I, there's a complimentary one for boys. And um, these are compilation books that have very, very short entries of different historical figures who've made a contribution. They're really entertaining. They have beautiful illustrations and we've done them at bedtime and you can read two or three in a night because they're they're like one long page about somebody's life um, with great variety of different types of people um, that are covered in those. And then the other one that I just discovered is the Little Leaders series by Vashti Harrison. Uh, All of these will be linked up in the show notes at kidliteratepodcast.com. And those also have really cool illustrations um, and accessible text for little kids to learn about figures from history. Mm -hmm. So I think in general, just integrating uh, biographies and memoirs into your family's library is a great idea. Mm -hmm. So what's the next way we can learn history through books? The next way is historical fiction, which is telling about a certain time period, but then making up a story that fits into the facts. Right, exactly. So the key here being fiction, it's a made-up story, but usually set in a realistic... Time period. Time period. So you're learning true facts about that time period, but the story itself is made up. So this is another great category that extends right up through... There's a lot of great adult fiction, and a lot of adults love historical fiction. So... I would say you genuinely gravitate toward this type of yes, this type of book. Uh-huh. It's like one of your one of your favorites. You're not big into fantasy. You're not big into sci-fi. You like nope. realistic stuff, either mm-hmm. set in the present day or in another time. So we got we've kind of a big list here. You want to rattle off some of your favorites? So I like the War That Saved My Life and the War That I Finally Won. Those are two. That's a series. In World War Two era, right? World War Two set in London, I think, okay. Europe. And another one is Heart of a Samurai. I read this in my fifth grade class as like a class read. And I really like this one. I think I have two copies. <laughs> that one is, remind me, I feel like it's mid 1800s. They come over during the It was the, the gold... first Japanese person who came to America. But I feel like it's mid 1800s. Does that yes. sound right? Like was the gold rush going on? Uh-huh. So, um, a little... yes, I remember they actually went to California. In right. So it's a little different perspective maybe on yes. what we traditionally have learned about the gold rush. That's heart of a samurai. Okay. What else? We have chains which we read in class and then i separately read the sequel forge this is about a slave in not during the civil war but during the revolutionary war okay so she tries to escape and meets a lot of friends 
And then Forge is told from her friend Curzon's perspective. And he is fighting for the Americans to help defeat the British. Um, Can I just say that I have a more clear memory of some of the historical fiction we read when I was your age, like fourth, fifth, sixth grade, than I do of major college history courses that I took. Like, <laughs> so it's a really good way to kind of introduce history. The ones I remember in school are like Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry. I read that one, mm-hmm. not in school, but my brother Sam is dead, which I don't think they read. And that's a that's a early America, like colonial America, oh. early revolution. And Witch of Blackbird Pond, um, True Confessions of Charlotte Doyle. Like these. I own that one, but I don't think I've read it. Yeah, I don't think you got into that one. So I, I mean, I think upper elementary, middle grade is such a cool time for these historical fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I have a couple to mention um, for the younger set. And one is the American Girl series, books, book series that go along with the American Girl dolls. And these have been around a long time, um, but... As most of you probably know, the dolls each come from a different time period and then they have a series of books that go along with them. Um, They're illustrated and they make for good read aloud early chapter books. I do think that the American Girl series tends to oversimplify sometimes or maybe lean into some overgeneralizations of what we know about time periods in history. I don't think they're perfect, but they do lean on that storytelling aspect and getting to know one character through what she's mm-hmm. going through. Um, and so those have, those have been good. And then of course we cannot move on without talking about little house on the prairie, which is probably the most beloved um, historical fiction. And, and it's funny. I, I read a biography of Laura Ingalls Wilder where it went into detail about them deciding whether to call these fiction or nonfiction. Mm-hmm. They are very true. I mean, they're they are based on the stories of her childhood, but in the end they decided to call them novels. So they really do walk that line. She was a real person. That it is really stories from her childhood, but there was enough combining and changing and editorializing of the stories that uh she herself in the end decided that they should be called fiction. Um, but very obviously very rooted in her experience. So yes. um if it's been a while since you've read those, they are as good as you remember. They're probably more historical than fiction. I think so. And I think there was debate at the time about whether to call them fiction or nonfiction. But OK, so we can learn history through biography. We can learn it through historical fiction. And then I came up with this category and it's kind of just a general one, but by reading books that just happened to be written a long time ago. So the difference here is. These are not books written about history, like historical fiction. They're just books that were written long enough ago. As fiction. As fiction. But at the time, they were set in a contemporary time, in in present day. But now it's been a while. And Mm -hmm. my first example, I'm laughing because Allegra, a while back, we talked on this podcast about the Babysitter's Club. (laughs) And you said that you were learning things that, like technology and things like how they use the phone and like all these other things that those books were set in the eighties and nineties. So, um, you know, 30 years ago. Um, Mm -hmm. but for you, you were actually, they were, they were current at the time and you were learning things about that time period. So that's kind of a little example, but we have some other ones. And I think just, just thinking in general about reading older fiction and as a way to Uh figure out what life was like then. Yes. So another one would be the Ramona series, which starts in the 1960s. 
and then follows her for about, uh, I think, five years. She goes till fourth grade, but starts in preschool. So the funny thing about the Ramonas is, yes, you're correct. It follows her year after year, but Beverly Cleary wrote them over a longer time period. So what's Mm -hmm. funny is um, they're really rooted in the 60s and 70s for the most part, but there are later Ramona books that actually feel like they're written more currently because she she wrote them over like 20 years, 25, some mm-hmm. long period of time, even, even though, though they was... take place over five. So it's interesting because the early ones seem very much more dated than the more recent one, even though mm-hmm. the same kid over five years. But yeah, there's there's so much good mid-century modern American life in those. Um, we wanted to mention that Reed has been, Reed in our house, uh, the nine-year-old in our house, has been on a classics kick and he has been reading books written... A long Long time time ago. ago. Like Robinson Crusoe, Gulliver's Travels, and Treasure Island. Right. So anytime you go back to the classics, and I'll just give a plug for young readers' versions of classics. You and I read Mm -hmm. Little Women together, Mm -hmm. the young readers' version, and I was a little... I I thought maybe I'd be disappointed by whatever they removed or modified, but Mm -hmm. I really wasn't. They kept the story really well intact. And then Anne of Green Gables is another one that I think you've read, Uh the, the young readers' I think I've read both the young readers and the regular. Right. So if you're excited to read classics with your kids and especially those written a long time ago where the language might be a little intimidating or the density, um, give those young readers editions a try. I was more skeptical being kind of a purist and I was really pleased. So that's another another great way. Um, And then finally, I wanted to mention that picture books written a long time ago are delightful. And and you might not think that you're teaching your, you know, your little kids history, but you'll sure enjoy them. I love reading picture books that were written and illustrated, you know, up to a hundred years ago because I love this I love the scenes of everyday life. Blueberries for Sal comes to mind or anything by Robert McCloskey. Anything where the illustrations show family life and homes and mm-hmm. um, kids and families is just delightful. A lot of those little golden books have that. So it might not be a history lesson, but it's a cool way to just visually see what was what was going on long ago. Yeah. All right. So as you know, we do a what we're reading. And why don't you tell us what you're reading, Mel? All right. So I recently finished a book, a nonfiction book called Why We Can't Sleep by Ada Calhoun. Um, And it is a book about women coming into midlife, which I am because I just turned 40 um, and kind of the generational differences with this generation of women compared to uh, generations past. Um, And it was really interesting. So I just finished that. Why We Can't Sleep by Ada Calhoun. And what are you reading, Allegra? Right now, I am reading Great Expectations by Charles Dickens. This is a tall order. You are voluntarily reading Dickens. I think it's really good so far. I'm only on like the 10th chapter and I've been reading it for five days. Usually I'd already be be finished with the book. So I have a complicated relationship with Dickens. I have a degree in English literature and I managed never to read Dickens, not in high school or college. I don't know how I got got away with that. Um, But then I, I decided as an adult to read some and I did read most of Great Expectations I mean, it was good. It was good, but it, it's it's a tall it's a tall order. You're volunt. I, I'm impressed that you're voluntarily doing that. I'd be curious if you have the staying power. Even I didn't have the staying power to the very end. Um, well, that's really cool, and what a great example of learning uh, history through reading fiction. Yes. All right, and we also have our segment of what you all are reading out there, and we have a really nice email from Fiza. 
who said, Hi, Sarah and Allegra. I'm a longtime listener of the Mom Hour. I'm so excited about this new podcast. So thank you, Fiza, for coming on over. So Fiza says, my son, four years old, and I are reading Sadiq and the Desert Star. It's a series of four books and a great entry point for children who are starting to read chapter books. The age group is six to eight, but he's following it well and reading a lot of the words. The book is based on a Somali-American character, therefore a great tool for children to learn about cultures different from their own. So Faiza, thanks for that great recommendation. I'm definitely going to check out that book series. Um, And yeah, as well as learning history through books, we love learning about other cultures. So Thank you for that recommendation. Yeah, thanks, Fiza. And if you listening want to send in what you're reading, you can email us at hello at kidliteratepodcast.com. All right, Allegra, this is fun. And everybody, we will be back two weeks from today with another new episode. And we'll talk to you then. See you soon. Kid Literate is a production of Life Listened. Our sound engineer is Brian Thomas from Yokai Audio. You can find links to everything we mentioned at kidliteratepodcast.com. And be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show wherever you listen. 